spearheading for these decorations has been Heather. And it's, it's a passion of hers. It's, it's a, a labor of love. And, and I, I can I think the place looks beautiful. Don't y'all? Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Heather, for your faithful and loving service. Uh, this is the most Christmassy it's been around here since I can remember. So this is God, uh, God is good. We're getting there. Amen. Uh, praise the Lord. Please join me in a brief word of prayer and we'll get started in the word. And Father God, uh, thank you so much for, uh, everything you've done from, uh, the opening prayer and greeting, uh, by Johnny and through the, uh, worship, uh, that was wonderfully led by our worship team and, and, uh, the announcements and, and, uh, exhortations by Heather Lord. And, and Father, I know that you are moving in ways that we know not of yet, Lord. And, and, and Lord, I just pray that every heart is, uh, listening and hearing, uh, your voice and saying yes to you. Uh, whatever you may be speaking to us individually here today, Lord. Uh, and Lord, I just pray that we glorify you and exalt you in this season in which we celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, turn your books, turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew today. I thought we'd do something fun today. I thought we, uh, I thought we'd cover genealogy. I'm loving the excitement in the crowd out there. You guys are, <laughs> you guys are so cool. Appreciate that. A lot of people, you know, skip over the genealogies so they can get to the, the juicy stuff, the good stuff, the, the promises, the blessings and all these other things. Genealogies just seem like a boring thing to go through, but there's a reason uh, genealogies are 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 in the Bible, and um, I feel like uh, some of those reasons are relevant for us today. So I'm going to read the first 17 verses of uh, Matthew chapter one, and then we'll talk about them and see what we can glean from it. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Amminadab, and Amminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon, and Salmon, the father of Boaz, Boaz by Rahab. And Boaz, the father of Obed, by Ruth. And Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of David, the king. And David was the father of Solomon, by the wife of Uriah. And Solomon, the father of Rehoboam. And Rehoboam, the father of Abijah. And Abijah, the father of Asaph. And Asaph, the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat, the father of Joram, and Joram, the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah, the father of Jotham, and Jotham, the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh, the father of Amos, 
and Amos the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah and his brothers, at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel the father of Abiud, and Abiud the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim the father of Azor, and Azor the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of of Achim, and Achim the father of Eliud, and Eliud the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar the father of Matan, and Matan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So all the genealogy from Abraham to David were 14 generations. And from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. We're not going to get all technical and, and get into a way into the weeds and everything. So I appreciate you guys staying awake through the genealogy. I won't make it any more painful than it has to be. But it does beg the question, why is the genealogy of Jesus so important? I mean, Matthew included it, right? Uh, uh, 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 to 17 say, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So it's in, it's been canonized in scripture, right? So it's been inspired. It's been God breathed, inspired by God. And so it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And I'm going to point out a few things here that I, I think is going to minister to us. Uh, even for those of us who have already come to know the Lord, who have tasted and seen that he is good, maybe this will help you in your witnessing to someone who may be struggling with their own uh, uh, issues and, and self-worth and identity. But normally, when you see a genealogy, it's normally to prove someone's royal lineage. It usually, it doesn't include the weird uncle. It, you know, it does not include anybody that would in some way defame the family name. They want to prove that in, I am a descendant of greatness or I'm a descendant of royalty. They leave, they usually leave the bad stuff out and only include the good stuff. And that's kind of like we are today, you know, we, anything that's happened well in our families, anything that we've done that was a great accomplishment, anyone who may be famous or did some great deed, you know, we're proud of the connection that we have with that individual. That's my great-great-great-grandfather or great-great-great-grandmother did X, Y, and Z. Praise the Lord. But you let somebody have, you let somebody have committed felonies. 
You don't care. You don't care if they were your great, 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 whatever. You're, you're hoping people don't find out about that. Right? Because you want to keep the lowly stuff as private as possible and you want to highlight the good. That's how we are individually. That's how we are familiarly. But when you take a close look at some of the characters that are in the lineage of Jesus, the Son of God, we, I, I know this is my first December message this year, and I thought this is a great place to start. And we're going to get to some highlights, we're going to get to some amazing stuff, but believe it or not, I, I consider this a highlight for us. I, I consider this a highlight. When we look at it, it's interesting, first of all, we're talking about Jewish culture, and it wasn't just Jewish culture, back in the time in which this was written, you did not see women included in genealogies. But you see women in this one. You didn't see non-royals listed in the genealogy, but you see non-royals listed in this one. And at a time when you think that they would be wanting to prove not only the, that, that Jesus is descended from Abraham and, and, and David, that, that, that he is of royal lineage and he is the Messiah, you would think that they would be emphasizing his pure, his Jewish purity. His Jewish, Jewish purity. And they got people from all kinds of races and backgrounds in here, included in his, in, in, in his lineage. So he's got impurities mixed all in this thing. And I think God is telling us something. He's speaking to his plan that was laid from the foundation of the earth. Right? That we were all intended to be a part of God's family from the very beginning. Amen? And so, and so Jesus comes, and let's just take a look at this. I, I, I want to, of course we know, son of David, son of uh, Abraham, you know, that was the highlight of his lineage right there. And then we get to verse 3. In Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah. Extra points for anybody who's done a Bible study on Perez and Zerah. Show of hands. Of course, the pastor would. All right. <laughs> All right. But they were twin, you know, but, but they were twin boys to Judah by Tamar. Tamar's story is an interesting one. Now we're talking about Jesus' lineage here, right? Tamar was, was, wasn't Jewish. She was a Canaanite woman. And many, I'm sure some of y'all have had, uh, has covered this in Bible study, but she was, uh, uh, she was a Canaanite woman, and, and, and we have, I'm not going to get into their names, but her first husband that married her abused her, mistreated her. He was a wicked man, and he died. God took him out, right? Tradition says that she should have the next brother in line as her husband, and so she did. Well, that one was no good either, and he died. And so her father-in-law had one more son, a younger son, but he didn't want to give her, give his son to her. 
So she couldn't, and she couldn't move on because he didn't want to give his son to her, but he didn't want to release her either. Uh, it was as if he blamed her for what happened to his sons. It's like, no, 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 no. You're not killing another one of my boys. And I'm not passing you along to do the same damage to another family. You're just going to be in this circle. And, and so he was mistreating her too. And so much so that she, she, she tricked him. I'll put it this way, right? We'll just say she presented herself as something other than what she was and ended up having a sexual relationship with her father-in-law out of which is produced twin boys. Man, that's a raw and ugly family history. And it's the family history Jesus is born into. I know I've uh, sorry, mom. Uh, my mom, mom, if you're watching, I love you, and, and 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 you are the greatest mom. But I I was a part of a jacked up family, in some ways, and I'm not making light of it, not making fun of it. My mom and I have had uh, uh, many a conversation, as well as uh, my sisters and I, and I think all of us have some unseemly parts of our family history that we'd rather just not speak on, right? They're embarrassing. Uh, they're just, some of it is pretty ugly. And we just want to, we just want to put it in a closet, lock it, put it in a cellar, but bury it in a bunker, <laughs> lock it, and just not let it, not let anybody's eyes set on it whatsoever. I appreciate the fact that the first woman that is mentioned here in Jesus' in Jesus's lineage is not even a Jewish woman. And this is a woman who has suffered abuse, who has suffered trauma, because it's traumatic enough that she was only not only abused by her first husband, but she became a widow. And her first husband died. And then she had to endure that again. Her second husband dies. And knowing how important it is for her in this time in history, in the culture in which she lived, the, for, for the father to not do what tradition, what custom required him to do, was an absolute uh, uh, insult, disrespect, and also an, uh, a mistreatment of her as well, right? And so, which led her to do what she did. And so, if you start off, one of, you know, if you're not Jewish, you're a pagan. You've got two failed marriages and you connived your way into hooking up with the daddy of your two deceased husbands. I'm surprised that makes the lineage, that that makes the genealogy of Jesus, but it did. Not to be outdone, we have Rahab a few verses later. Rahab was a prostitute. We're talking about 
Jesus, I have for a title here, All in the Family. All right? <laughs> she's also not, not Jewish. She was, from, uh, she was from Jericho. But she plays a pivotal role when she helped out the spies who came to spy out the land, right? But she had a history that included prostitution. And she didn't uh, grow up going to adulthood, living a life that honored the Lord. The next woman mentioned is Ruth. A Moabitess of the people of Moab. And I won't bore you with the details of, of, of the Moabite people other than to say that the Moabite people came about from a incestuous relationship between Lot, between Abraham's nephew Lot and his daughter. That makes the genealogy. So we have incest in there now. Prostitution. Coming from cultures that were ungodly and worshipped other gods. And then we have, uh, uh, to me, it kind of seemed like shade initially because they don't even mention her by name. They say, just say who wife she is. But we have Bathsheba mentioned. Now, these aren't your prototypical matriarchs that would get mentioned in the family lineage. I could see it if uh, Sarah was mentioned, Abraham's wife. Right? I could see Rachel, Leah. I could see it. But these women would typically not make the cut. What do we know about Bathsheba? Well, Bathsheba, first of all, she was married to a Hittite, Uriah. Right? So, so there was a, there was an issue there. But she's the woman that David saw bathing and, and David decided that he, he had to have her. And they committed an adult, and they committed adultery. And then murder was committed. David murdered her husband. And then David married her. And Gave birth, then she gave birth to Solomon. And that's in the lineage. God didn't, He didn't paint over that spot. He kept it in there. And I feel like What is God telling us just in that? that There's a couple other things I want to cover, but what is God telling us in that alone? That this genealogy, when you really look in the Old Testament, you really read a lot of these stories, you see it includes some good people and some bad people. It included some bad people that did good things and some good people that did bad things. Uh, It included... Sin, you 
It included male and female, royal and not royal, Jew or Hebrew at this point, Hebrew and non-Hebrew. Slave and free. Successes and failures. It pretty much has the gamut of everything. And all of that is woven into the, the, the genealogy of Jesus. And, and I think in so, in, in so doing, what it speaks to us is that, hey, we're all, we're all included. In one way or another, we're all included in that, in, in that, uh, in that, in whatever you want to call it, whether it's lineage, genealogy, descendants of, the, the plan of salvation was, was always open for all of us. Yes, the Hebrew people was God's chosen people, but all of us were chosen by Him from the foundation of the world. And so what does that tell me is that I'm hoping that that ministers hope to people. Right? You may have started or been born on the wrong side of the tracks. But it's all right. The salvation of the Lord is not, the arm of salvation is not short. He can reach you where you're at. If he can reach a man who was in the tombs, demon-possessed in the Gadarene tomb, he can reach you wherever you're at. And he'll make a trip, especially to where you're at, in order to set you free. And maybe, you know, maybe some of our stories have some background that's similar to what we've read today. Maybe some of our backgrounds include loose living. Maybe some of our backgrounds include uh, abuse of people that we should have been cherishing and loving. Maybe it includes prostitution. Maybe it includes uh, doing evil in the sight of the Lord and things that we're not proud of. Maybe Maybe it includes a dysfunctional family. That has a lot of issues and, and one you're not very proud of, right? God sees all of that and he loves you and your family unconditionally. And he sent, and he sent his son for you. And so I am, to me, it just encourages me to see that God takes what normally is, uh, uh, uh blots out the bad stuff and only includes that stuff that brings esteem and honor. And he puts it all in there and says, come one, come all. All of you are welcome in my family. So when that little baby was born, that little baby was born a representative of everyone. The in club and the outcast. Praise the Lord. Um, Second, the second thing I see in this is that Jesus's genealogy shows that he's descended from kingdom royalty of a kingdom that failed. 
and was taken captive by Babylon. And it puts it in the genealogy. It doesn't just say that he's a descendant of royalty. It points out that he's a descendant of royalty that was taken over and captured by a sinful nation that didn't know God. And so, to me, that's indicative of failure, right? It's like, well, how proud can I be of being descended from a royal line that got scattered and captured and taken over? And third, I'm going to bring up Jesus' parents. Not that there's anything wrong with Jesus' parents. It's just, you know, when you're talking about significant characters, they don't make the significant character list in the genealogy of Jesus. They weren't, they, they, they weren't royals or, you know, they didn't have any significant accomplishments. They were just Joe and Jane. From Galilee. Which was not very highly thought of. It was more, had more of a Roman influence than, 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 than any significant Jewish heritage and, 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 and honoring there. But that's just the beginning. We all know that the angel of the Lord came and what he said to Mary and that Mary ends up pregnant. The spirit of God came upon her and, and, and that child that was within her was from the Lord. But let's think about this from a human perspective. She's betrothed to be married to Joseph. And before they consummate the marriage, she ends up pregnant. Right? I mean, that's scandalous. And you could probably imagine some of the whispers. And Joseph, not wanting to make her a public spectacle, he was going to do the honorable thing. And, uh, and divorce her, put her away privately. But he wasn't buying the immaculate conception either at first, right? And yet the Lord confirmed to him in a dream, through a dream, he spoke to him and, 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 and confirmed to him that Mary's story was true. And that he should not put her away. And do not be afraid to take her as your wife. She is not what she may seem to you right now. So I'll say this. Jesus was conceived under suspicious circumstances. Questions loomed surrounding his birth. And they put that in the genealogy. You know, Maybe there's questions surrounding some of our births. I told y'all last week, I, I was a baby out of wedlock and I uh, had a single mom. And, uh, 
and and what transpired with the stepdad and 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 stuff like that. Maybe there's some shady stuff that you've been running away from. Maybe some of the shady history of your birth or upbringing or lineage, right, affects how you see yourself and how you think God views you and how you think God values you. And I want to tell you that all of this stuff is included in the lineage of Jesus because he is speaking to your heart to let you know that that, that he treasures you Right? It's, it doesn't matter how filthy the muck or dirt you came out of. Right? You are a gem and a treasure and a ruby. You are a royal priesthood unto the Lord. You are a child of the living God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Right? Jesus came down, took upon human flesh and paid the penalty for our sin so that we can be free from the bondage of sin and death. So that we are no longer children of disobedience. We are children of the Lord our God. Amen? And he reached down. Even, even that mental picture of his lineage is reaching down into the muck and lifting us up. So in a way, we were all like the prodigal son. Whether individually or the family and, 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 and history that you came out of, right? We were all in that pig pen. And we all had to come to ourselves. And this family lineage really speaks to me the heart of the father in that, in that parable of the prodigal son who came Ashamed of his recent history. Ashamed of the riotous living. Not just that he had wasted the money, but he engaged in, in, in all kinds of sinful behavior. He shamed the name, his family name. And he comes in already having convicted himself, saying, I am not deserving to be called his son. I'll just go to my dad and ask for a job. I've already forfeited the sonship. And what I love about that, uh, y'all know how I feel about it. it I've said many times, uh, I believe whoever named it the prodigal son, it's misnamed. Because it, the, the star in that, in that parable is the father. And how he loved and how he dealt with both of his sons. And his father and, and his son comes guilt-ridden and says exactly what he practiced and said and prepared himself to say, I'm not even worthy to be called your son. I, I just want to know if, if if I can get a job. And the dad loved him so much. His repentant son had come. He never even answered that question because it was never a question in his heart as to whether or not that was his son. The father's heart was that regardless of what you've done, you could never not be my son. You didn't earn sonship, so you didn't forfeit it, right? I'll be the one to call you son or say that you're not my son. And he's like, despite what you've done, all I've ever wanted was for you to come to yourself and return. And he said, 
He got the signet ring, killed the fatty calf, bring the robe. We're going to celebrate because my son was dead and now he's alive. Amen. And this was a son that was a failure. He had failed in business in his business ventures. He came back flat broke after getting the inheritance, after demanding the inheritance and arrogantly thinking he knew what he could knew what he was doing and that he could turn it into a profit. So he's a financial failure, a moral failure. <clears throat> Excuse me. And yet his dad receives him and loves him as if the slate is clean, as if he hadn't done any of those things. And how many of you know scripture says what? By grace through faith are we saved. You come to God with your history. You come to God with your shame. You come to God with your sin. You come to God with all the stuff that, that, that you don't want anybody to see and you lay it all before him and say, here I am, Lord. I don't have a, I don't have a royal lineage. I don't have a, I don't have the most amazing gift and talents to give you, Father. But, but, but Lord, I bow the knee to you right now. And, 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 and what I do have, I give you. Uh, no matter how, how good it looks or how dirty it is. I'm giving it to you, Lord. Right? And you guess what? There's a big smile on God's face because that's all he wants. Right? He values us above anything we have or that we can do for him. Right? We are his kids. We were all in the family from the very beginning. It's in the genealogy. And so, I'm going to surprise y'all and bring this message to a close a little sooner than y'all are used to. Merry Christmas. <laughs> and, and, and finish in Romans 15, 1 through 4. Just reading it, I want you guys to take, this, take that with you, and, and I want it to be a blessing to you. But it says, We who are strong have an obligation to bear the failings of the weak, uh, I really want to do verse four, but uh, I felt led to do all four verses. We who are strong have an obligation to bear the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And that last verse, really speaking of that genealogy, that's the very reason that it's there, that we might have hope. Verse 4 again, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance. So we have to endure, persevere in the things of God. Now, notice it said 14 generations from Abraham to David, right? From David to the deportation to Babylon. 14 more generations from the deportation of Babylon to the coming of Christ. Sometimes the things of God take forever. Right. And so, you know, a, a, a day is a, a thousand years is as a day to God. But but for us, 
a long time is a long time, right? But we don't know the timing of God. What we have to trust is in the character of God. And we have to trust in the truth of his word. And we have to trust in his faithfulness. And that, and that his word is true. That he favors us and, 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 and he's going to turn things around for our good. And, and, and while there are some things that God has promised us that we will not see in our lifetime. But it doesn't mean God lied. It doesn't mean God's not faithful, right? Abraham did not see the promise of him becoming the father of many nations before he died. But the promise was fulfilled. And Abraham died believing that the promise would be fulfilled. Why? Because he knew his God. And he didn't demand or or, or, or have an expectation that everything God promised him, he'd see it himself. So, I, I, I believe if we're going to persevere, we're going to have to appreciate that perspective. And we're going to have to ask God to prayerfully help us with that perspective. Amen? Um, well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to ask you guys to stand. I'm going to go ahead and end it right there. Um, I have one thing too, and I have to apologize, uh, because before I close this, uh, I'm going to ask Brian to come up, uh, uh, the, the word did get passed, brother, we just, it just, you know, a human, we're human, brother, so, but we, I'm going to ask Brian to come up, he's got an event coming up that's a, that's uh, that's going to be a wonderful event, and uh, he has a, a quick announcement that he would like to make. Thank you, brother. Uh, good. I'm sorry. Since, he, since I just moved that announcement, you guys can go ahead and be seated. Good morning, church. I am so excited to be able to share with you guys about this event. Uh, but before I give you the details, just a few, uh, I'd like to share a little bit of the, the backstory. So, in the book of Acts, the first two chapters, we actually can read about the birth of the church and, and the commissioning of the church around this mission uh, to be witnesses unto him and, and to go and make disciples of all the nations. But this, this commissioning was accompanied by uh, two great miracles. You know, we all, I think, are familiar with the first one, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the church to equip us and empower us to be witnesses unto him, something that is still available today. Uh, but there's a second miracle that we often overlook, this drawing of the nations that happened on the day of Pentecost. See, God had given them, just like he's given us, this mission to make disciples, but he gave them this kickstart by drawing all the peoples unto him, people from all around the world. And I'm here today to tell you, church, that today is such a time, and Stillwater, Oklahoma, is such a place. He's actually drawing all nations to us, particularly through Oklahoma State University, but with the incoming Afghan refugees that we have, we're actually seeing uh, that there's an increasing proportion of these people that are coming to us that are from a Muslim background. And sharing our faith with Muslims is something that there's some, there's some particularities to. So as an opportunity to equip people to share our faith with our new Muslim neighbors, we're actually putting together a conference. Uh, we're calling it Reaching Muslims, an Open Door. And there's a gentleman by the name of John Weaver, a very well-known author, uh, he was a missionary to Afghanistan uh, during 9-11. Uh, 
Uh, Peter Jennings with uh, ABC World News Tonight did a special on him, called him a, a flame on the front lines. And he is a wonderful, very engaging speaker. Uh, other than him, we also have several other different speakers that are coming, some local to Stillwater. Uh, there's going to be a full meal served. Uh, there's going to be some vendors here. I know four hours on a Saturday afternoon sounds like a long time, uh, but there's going to be several different sessions that are broken up by opportunities to visit vendors. There's going to be a, a, a presentation on tea culture and an opportunity to be served tea. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and hopefully you guys can come. Uh, beyond this, though, uh, we're actually, we have people from Tulsa that have already signed up to come. We have churches in Oklahoma City that have bought, bought blocks of tickets. Uh, so people from all over the state are going to be descending on our church, and we need to present well. And guys, we're going to need some help with this. I actually have some college students that are going to help serve the meal, but we need some NCF folks who are familiar with the kitchen that can help direct them. Uh, we're going to need people that can serve as ushers and in security capacity. So if you would be willing to help with this event on January 8th, uh, we would really appreciate it. What you can do is you can go online and register for the event, and it's going to charge you. Uh, but if you'll let me know that you're going to volunteer, I can give you a code that will allow you to register for free and get that free meal too. And this really is going to be a wonderful time of uh, encouraging and equipping us to share our faith, not only with Muslims, but with all people. Uh, so please be in prayer for this event. Thank you very much. Praise God. I'm really looking forward to that. And, uh, and, uh, uh, you said the website, uh, the web, the website being, <laughs> uh, the, uh, website registration or the conference registration is on, um, our website at p28global.com. And you can select the reaching Muslims conference from the, uh, from the menu. Uh, conference registration is fifteen dollars, but that includes uh, that includes a meal as well. So it should be a really fun time. Thank you. P28global.com or P28global.com. There's also a link to it on uh, uh, P28global's Facebook page. Uh, there's a link to it on my personal Facebook page, Brian Gilson, and then perhaps we can get uh, NCF to also uh, link to the to the conference registration website. Thank you. All right. I knew that that I know that that's a little bit of uh, uh, unconventional uh, closing of the uh, <laughs> of the service, but that was too important for uh, me not to uh, give Brian that opportunity. And it was just it was just God that uh, really quickened it to me that that did not happen during the announcements. And uh, apologize again, brother. I appreciate you uh, being instant in season and out. So. Well, praise the Lord. Let, let me just conclude in prayer. Um, Father, I just want to lift up the Reaching Muslims Conference, Lord. And, and Father, I think that that has, that, that, that you've given that, uh, inspired Brian's heart to do that. And I, I believe that that is going to be a real blessing and have a real impact, Father God, that, uh, a really, a really positive kingdom impact, Lord, uh, for this entire community. Lord, and so, and Lord, I just pray your blessing on it. I just know that uh, it's an anointed endeavor, Lord, and uh, and that all will be done for your glory. And every Muslim family that uh, uh, that is ministered to out of what is learned uh, from that conference, Father God, um, uh, I just think that that will just be. Uh, I think that that's going to bear so much fruit, and you're going to see people 
uh, who came from foreign lands get welcomed and loved well in this community to the glory of God and their eyes will be open to your love for them and be open to the truth that Christ Jesus is the only begotten son of God and that he gave himself for them that uh, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life and I just thank you for the souls that are going to be saved uh, as a result Lord Um, and Father God I lift up this wonderful church family and and those who have joined us here today and uh, as visitors Uh, Father, I pray that they were uh, blessed and that they uh, encountered you uh, in the way that they needed to, Lord. Um, uh, Lord, I pray that we get an opportunity to uh, get to meet them and and uh, and and really get to dialogue with them and and uh, and hear each other's hearts. Uh, Father God, I just pray your blessing on on everyone throughout the week. Uh, may you be exalted in all of us until we meet again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you all for indulging us, and the Lord bless you as you go.